Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, we are here to preview week five. I got to tell you, I think this is the best week of ACC games that we've had yet this season. Are you ready to go? How are you doing? I'm good. Drinking a bourbon. I am looking at this slate. I agree with you. It's the best Saturday of the year, best weekend of the year, I guess, for ACC games. We have a pretty good Friday night game here, too, as well, Joey. So I think it'll be a very interesting weekend for the ACC. I think we're going to learn a lot about a ton of teams. We sure will. Yeah, we've got a a weeknight game. That's pretty awesome. Uh, We've got a couple of full-on ranked matchups. And I think, honestly, the coolest thing, Mike, is that we've got a seven-game slate here, and it is purely conference action. So as we start working here through the schedule, we start to get a little bit more of a referendum on what some of these teams are. You know, there's no more of these FCS matchups. I mean, there's more of those to come, but um, not not this week. So we've got a lot of meat to get into here. Um, let's let's kick it off, shall we? Let's do it. All right, let's start off. We're going to start off with the Friday game. This is not the most most interesting game of the weekend, you know, for for I think national sake. But we'll start there because it is the first one. Uh, Friday night, 7 o'clock on ESPN, the Louisville Cardinals. My Louisville Cardinals, Mike, are a four-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Total is 64. I will be there, sir. Um, at a football game in 2020. I know. I know. It's going to probably feel wrong. Your boy's going to be wearing his mask and social distancing, drinking beers at Bobby Dodd Stadium because they sell those there now. So that's yep. going to be good. We're going to be tailgating in the car because I guess outside tailgating is not allowed. So, But you can't, you know, my car is an extension of my house. So you can't tell me what to do. It's fine. That's I'm right. Drink a couple beers. Uh, anyways, this is, a, is an interesting game, Mike. Both these teams coming off a of bye week, um, both of them with varying levels of disappointments before the bye week. Uh, Georgia yep. Tech kind of got embarrassed in a game they should have won against Syracuse. And Louisville not looking great in games against Miami or Pittsburgh on kind of various levels. And I, I struggle a lot with what to do with this game and this spread. Like, there's something that we kind of thought these teams were going to be before the season. And then from what we've seen from them, like, is that a drastic change from what we thought they were going to be versus, you know, what they actually are? Uh, four and a half, kind of a weird line, especially with a road favorite, Mike. I. I want to get from you first. Like, do you have any sort of breakdown here of kind of what you think is going to happen here or a- any any way that you lean with this spread at all? Well, I have to start this as I always do, Joey. Name that Cunningham. Um, I guess it's Malik this week. It's Malik this week, and he's healthy. He's allegedly a full go in allegedly. practice. Allegedly. He was stretchered but, you know, off against Pittsburgh, but allegedly healthy now. Yes. You know who else is allegedly healthy, Joey? I mean, it could be like anybody from Georgia Tech. Oh, I was going to say Hendon Hooker at Virginia Tech. He's allegedly allegedly a full go. Like we'll half see. the conference is allegedly healthy. So who's Agre- to say? Agree. Agree. Yeah. Uh, this is 2020. <laughs> I do not have a very good idea about what's going to happen here. I think 
I'll tell you what I think. I think Louisville's better. I think Malik Cunningham being on the field is meaningful for a number of reasons. Um, I think this could get high scoring because <laughs> both offenses can can move the ball. It's going to come down to who's going to finish drives here. Um, Louisville has had their fair share of issues finishing drives, as has Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech in the last couple of games has had trouble getting out of their own way with turnovers. Um, obviously, against the uh, against UCF a few weeks back, you know, you, you give them a little bit of a pass because UCF's a better team. But Georgia Tech hung in there for a while, and that game could have maybe looked a bit different if you know Jeff Sims takes care of the football, mm-hmm. right? And certainly, the game against Syracuse would have looked a lot different if Jeff Sims took care of the football. This is one of those situations where. I don't really trust Louisville's defense, but I also don't trust Georgia Tech's offense. The one unit I really trust in this football game out of everybody is Louisville's offense mm-hmm. against Georgia Tech's defense. Even though Georgia Tech's defense has played okay, we saw how they could potentially be exposed in the passing game. We saw what Dylan Gabriel was able to do uh, against them in that UCF game. Malik Cunningham has a ton of receivers at his disposal. He's been real accurate throwing the football. He's got almost 800 yards passing already this year and seven touchdowns. Like he's looked pretty good. And if he's going to play and you have all those receivers on the outside for Louisville, I like that matchup for them. And it's the one area I can look at in this game. And I see a differentiator, right? I see somewhere where I think one team can separate themselves from the other. So I'm going to take Louisville here. I think it's inside a touchdown though. Um, I think they cover barely. Uh, I wouldn't bet this game and the over under is 64. That seems pretty high, but then again, I'm not real high on either defense. Um, I like Georgia Tech's a little bit more than Louisville's, but you know, like everybody's defense a little bit more than Louisville's at this point, save for like (laughs) (laughs) Wake Forest and NC state. So um, yeah, give me, give me Louisville to win. Um, I, I don't know how I feel about the over-under, Joey, especially with potential for some rain there. Um, I know it's kind of hit or miss, but maybe in the second half there might be a little bit more rain. I, I don't know. Um, I guess I'd lean under with the weather, but give me Louisville to cover. <laughs> I, I just don't feel feel great about it. But if you're going to bet on anything, I guess bet on Louisville's offense. So, Mike, as I mentioned, I, I, I'm very conflicted here, right? I This is my team against my team teams that have been fairly different we'll say so far this season from expectations um lots of questions coming off a bye week they could both have improved any amount during that bye week and so I find myself Mike trying to figure out and trying to split hairs and trying to find some sort of edge and, and looking for a muse here of kind of what do I do with this game how do I pick it how do I bet it and I was I was really struggling to come up with anything. And then, Mike, something struck me. I had an idea, and I I I, I had to go look into something that really stuck out to me. And a, a hypothesis that I had was confirmed. Actually, oh god, oh god, we, the analysis, Mike. You know me. I'm a big I'm a big saber guy. I, I love the advanced numbers. I, I'm all about the SP plus and all that. And Mike, there is an undeniable trend in this game that we need to pay attention to here mm. as okay. as as you referred to earlier 
Louisville's quarterback has a little bit of a split personality going on here, right? There's there's some weeks that we've experienced that he's Malik, and there's other weeks that we've experienced he's McHale. Oh, no. And, Mike, we should probably look at the numbers. Oh, no. When he is Malik versus when he is McHale. Oh, my God. And I would be remiss, Mike, if if I did not go into the depth to try to find some sort of edge here and figure out the difference between Malik Cunningham and Mikhail Cunningham. Pause. So instead of name that Malik, I'm asking the wrong question. Who's the better version of Cunningham? Which which Cunningham are we getting this week? That's the question. Yes, what What's the name the this week? Yep. And Mike, here's the thing we found. Is that actually Malik Cunningham and Mikhail Cunningham are about equal running the ball. About, you know, about four, four and a half yards per carry, about... You know, a touchdown every every other game, this, that, or the other. But he has played 15 games as Malik Cunningham and 10 games as Mikhail Cunningham. And here's the thing, Mike, is that Mikhail Cunningham, a far more effective passer. He's averaging about three and a half yards more per attempt, 21 touchdowns to five interceptions versus nine touchdowns to six interceptions. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, well, yeah, well, he was Malik Cunningham and that whole last year that was a total garbage can under Bobby Petrino – and now for two games against really good defenses against Miami and Pittsburgh, which I would tell you, Mike, I just don't think you understand analytics and sabermetrics the way that I do. Oh, okay. This is real analysis here. This is what I'm saying. So, so you're going to take this. You're going to take this to Vegas with you. Then. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm ahead of the curve here, Mike. I'm ahead of the curve. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what I what I know here is that Malik Cunningham is a better passer than Mikhail Cunningham. Uh, excuse me, no, no, back other way, other way around. Mikhail Cunningham, a better passer than Malik Cunningham, and so Louisville is at a disadvantage in this game by starting Malik Cunningham. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. So they might have to go to Mikhail. That's at right. Some point. At some point, I, I, I mean, check it in the third quarter. Look up the stat sheet and see if we've changed the name back yet or not. I don't know. Here's what I do know, Mike. Malik Cunningham, not as good a passer as Mikhail. I still think I trust Louisville more. I'm going to pick Louisville to cover here. <laughs> After all that, I'm still picking Louisville. Yeah, I think Louisville's a better coach team. I don't think Georgia Tech's quite well coached enough yet to uh, to hang with this in a, in a really low spread. So let's just take Louisville. And if hey, if Georgia Tech covers or wins outright, we'll be happy we lost. And, you know, the people on, on Twitter are fading my picks at this point anyway, so who cares? Um, That's true. But I don't know. After that analysis, they might be changing their tune yeah i got louisville and i got the over as well i i think this I, could turn into a little bit of a track meet and for what it's worth actually from a, a true analysis standpoint if this turns into a track meet i do not think that favors georgia tech i do not either i think it has to be lower scoring for georgia tech to win the game yeah. that's my opinion on yeah it. i i yep. agree with that 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 is not a recipe for success for an offense that has really struggled to finish drives and 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 complete the complete the picture you know without turning it over or you know, imploding on itself. So. Yeah, quarterback. Quarterback's a true freshman, and he turns the ball over a lot. So it's mm-hmm. going to have to be lower scoring for Georgia Tech to win the game, or he's just going to have to play really well and not turn it over. Which I mean, we can't trust him to do that yet. I don't think. Yeah, give me Louisville. Give me the over as an official pick. Uh, you got L- Louisville, and you kind of leaned under uh, for I, weather. I'm lean, leaning under for weather. I, I don't touch the total if they're calling for rain. I think the rain is going to hold off, but there's some people that know the weather a whole lot better than me that. <laughs> might say differently so yeah i just have trouble saying outright yeah the game's going to go over if i'm just not sure about the weather so that's where we're at and that's that's what we call a tease in this business joey that is correct 
Speaking of which, Mike, noon on ABC on Saturday. Let's go there. So right off the heels of College Game Day, your number 19 Ooh, Virginia Tech. Right off Tech the heels. Hokies. Right off the heels. Wink, wink. The number 19 Virginia Tech Hokies, your Hokies, Mike, a five-point road underdog taking on the number eight UNC Tar Heels. Total is 59 points. Mike, why is North Carolina ranked number eight? I don't know, and that's thank you for getting me all riled up before we even begin. <laughs> I don't know. Um, this is – we've had this discussion before, and we can go in-depth about it maybe some other time. Preseason rankings are really stupid. Um, <laughs> I went on a rant in the offseason when we were previewing these ACC teams, and North Carolina in basically every preseason preview I looked at was ranked significantly higher than Virginia Tech. And I had no idea why. And to this point, I still don't know why. These are two teams that are returning basically the same amounts of production on either side of the football. Uh, North Carolina with Sam Howell has a slightly better quarterback than Virginia Tech, seeing as Head and Hooker being fully healthy in that scenario. But defensively, Virginia Tech returned more production than North Carolina. Offensively, North Carolina returned more. And for some reason, Virginia Tech is ranked 19th after looking more impressive through their first two games than North Carolina, who was ranked 8th after kind of slogging through a game with Syracuse and then barely beating Boston College last weekend. But they're, they're the number 8 team in the country. On no planet should North Carolina be ranked 8th. North Carolina is a good team. They are not top 10 good based on what I've seen from them so far. Do they have the potential to get there at some point? Sure they do. They have a great offense. They have very good defense. They have a great coach in Mac Brown. Can I see them being a top 10 team at some point this year? Absolutely. Are they a top 10 team right this second? Absolutely not. There is no reason why they should be in the top 10. None. Zero. So let's get that out of the way real mm -hmm. quick, Joey. That's how I feel about it. No, I, I, I don't disagree with that. Like, and, and that's as a guy who picked North Carolina to finish second in the conference and, you know, maybe give Clemson a little bit of a run for their money, you know, going into Charlotte. I, I haven't seen yet where North Carolina looks like this really convincingly dominant team. They've had, what, two really good quarters so far out of eight that they've played. They had a really good fourth quarter against Syracuse and a really good first quarter against Boston College. And the other six have been kind of just hanging on average meh yeah so and in fairness there was what three weeks in between when they played those games and so yep. there's there's other things at, at play there but regardless like ha have they looked consistently good yet no does that constitute a top 10 team in the country no <laughs> like it doesn't no it does not and now could it we does not you could make an argument you can make an argument, Joey. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. You can make an argument that Virginia Tech, if you're going to take one of the two teams to be in the top 10, you can make a better argument at this point for Virginia Tech down 20 players and multiple coaches in two games looking more convincing in one game against NC State. Duke game is what it is. But you can make a better argument for Virginia Tech being in the top 10 than you could for North Carolina at this point outside of, oh, yeah, they should be good. Look at all the talent that they have. That's the only reason they're in the top 10. Oh, and I was going to say that is exactly what I was going to say was that, you know, I, I could make that argument for Virginia Tech that they have looked emphatically really good for almost the entirety of the two games that they've played. 
Now, we could also throw the caveat in there that, well, who have they played? You know, but right. again, regardless, and not that not that North Carolina played some murderer's row in playing Syracuse <laughs> right. and Boston College either. So, right. it's, right. you know, there, there's a lot of questions that we haven't yet answered. And this is where, you know, a game like this can be a little bit tough to pick because we're short on data points here to work off yep. of. Yep. Um, it's, it's going to be really interesting to watch, I think, really, because especially with the weather at play, this is not the kind of environment. This is this this very well could set up to be similar to like that NC State Notre Dame game from what 2016? Yeah, yep. that four and eight Notre Dame team where somehow they went into Raleigh against a just a completely outmanned NC State team and NC State won ten to three in a monsoon because Notre Dame wanted to throw the ball forty five times for whatever reason. Like, so dumb, so dumb. Like, you know, depending on exactly what the weather does, and we're sitting here recording this Wednesday evening, and they'll play this game around lunchtime on Saturday. So depending on what the weather ends up doing between now and then, I mean, you could be in a situation where, yeah, like whatever the passing game is for either of these teams, it doesn't matter. Like, it's just that's just a a moot point, and it's purely just run game on run defense. And if that's the case, I don't really know. I don't know that that necessarily favors either team. Like, I would agree. I would agree with you. Um, and, and here's why. Virginia Tech's run for over 300 yards in two games. They've also played NC State and Duke. Mm-hmm. Now, Duke's defense, uh, the front seven for Duke, is pretty good. Um, it took Virginia Tech a while offensively to get going. They made some adjustments at halftime. They called some more outside runs in the second half of that game, and they had a bit more success uh, with Khalil Herbert and Braxton Burmeister getting around the edge and making some plays in the open field. Uh, But it took a while to kind of break that dam, so to speak. But they were able to do it in the second half. North Carolina's rushing defense, the only headline I've seen all week is how great North Carolina's rushing defense is, right? And and they've been very good. um, They're the best rushing defense, according to yards per rush um, allowed in the conference right now. They're they're number one. Um, The thing that is interesting about that, though, is they they faced the 13th ranked rushing offense in the conference in Syracuse and the last ranked rushing offense in the conference in Boston College. Boston College also threw the ball 56 times in that game last Saturday. Mm-hmm. So the numbers are a little bit skewed. I had a conversation with our friend Lauren Brownlow on Twitter this afternoon where um, she was actually just commenting on this article I wrote. Um, it, it was the three reasons why North Carolina could beat Virginia Tech. It's an article I write every week for the Sons of Saturday Virginia Tech site. You know, why the opponent could beat the Hokies. And I give the reasons and kind of lay out an argument for that, right? And the thing that Lauren pointed out, which I agree with, is that North Carolina is probably not, like, the best rushing defense in the conference, but they're still probably pretty good, which mm-hmm. I agree with. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. Um but does that mean Virginia Tech can't run on North Carolina? I don't I don't think the answer to that is no. I, I think Virginia Tech can absolutely run on North Carolina. Do I think it could take them a while to kind of break the dam similar to how it was against Duke? Yeah, I do. Because I don't think there's this wide gap between Duke's front seven and North Carolina's front seven. I think there's a, a major talent discrepancy in the secondary between North Carolina and Duke. I don't necessarily think the front sevens are all that far apart between North Carolina and Duke, though. Yeah. And Virginia Tech struggled to get going, but eventually they did. And I think Virginia Tech's offensive line is good enough in this football game um, to maybe not get consistent runs going in the first half. But as the game wears on and Khalil Herbert continues to get stronger, can they run the football at an efficient rate like they have in the first two games? And I don't see any reason why they can't. Now, 
the interesting part's going to be on the other side because the same question can be asked about North Carolina's offensive line against Virginia Tech's defensive line, which a question coming into the series, the season for the Hokies was how good was that defensive front going to be? That was a big question mark on Virginia Tech's defense. So far, far and beyond what we expected. Very, very good. Um, a bunch of sacks against NC State, really pressured Chase Bryce last weekend. Like, really good defensive front. And look, the, the rushing defense, I think, is going to matter a bit more than passing defense because of the rain and the expected weather. Where North Carolina could take advantage of Virginia Tech is if Virginia Tech is still without guys in the secondary. But the weather might be so bad that I'm not sure it's going to matter. And if we get into a game where it's really rainy, it's going to be tough to really throw the ball at a consistent clip, which is what it looks like here and what it's looked like all week. It looks like it's going to rain, bad weather, run the ball type of game. I'm going to favor the better rushing offense, Joey. And I'm going to favor the team that's looked better through two games. I'm taking Virginia Tech outright. Um, I think they win by a touchdown. I think it's a hard-fought, contested game. I think North Carolina is very good, Joey. I do. I don't think they're number eight in the country good. I think they're much closer to Virginia Tech in the top 15 to 20 range than they are at number eight. I think that's ridiculous. It's not North Carolina's fault for having expectations. They have a really good team. Um, But Virginia Tech's looked better. I think they find a way here, and I think they win the game in Chapel Hill. They've looked better. They've been the better team through two games. All I've seen now in North Carolina is a struggle against Syracuse and Boston College. Doesn't inspire a whole lot of confidence. So I'm taking the Hokies here. Yeah. And, and I mean, these two teams lead the conference in yards per play margin. So offensive yards per play minus defensive yards per play. North Carolina at 2.6, Virginia Tech at 2.1. That Those both lead the conference. Um, North Carolina leads the conference at two defensive yards per play on rushing plays. Um, I, I mean, there's there's a lot of this that it's it's splitting hairs. These two teams are really solid, and they're way more solid than any of the four teams that they've combined to play so far. Um, and so there's it really is splitting hairs. It is really hard to pick like between them. And so at that point, Mike, if you're giving me points with one of them, I'll take the points. Um, yep. I don't know if I necessarily like Virginia Tech to win the game outright, but I I also really don't think with either of these teams I could give points in, from a spread situation. So. Um, so look forward to North Carolina winning this game by like 14 points because I can't pick anything right right now. Um, but let's just take Virginia Tech and the points. I Maybe North Carolina wins by three. It's probably a, It could be like a who has the ball last situation. It could be a which defense blows like one or two plays here or there kind of thing, especially with a guy like Khalil Herbert for Virginia Tech. And, and I mean, the guys in the backfield for North Carolina, like if, if you're not taking good – good routes to make tackles and you're not making tackles in the open field. Like, you know, a four yard run can become a 60 yard touchdown run in a hurry. So, you know, anything is possible. It it could be just something random here or there that we end up having to talk about on Sunday is kind of causing the outcome of the game. But for now, give me, give me Virginia tech and the points. um, And and I'm curious to watch this game. And I I have no idea total wise totals 59. I mean, I, I don't have a good feel for that either way. The, the under for me, Joey, is going to be the lock for me. It's going to be my pick of the week. There you and go. I'm just going to call my shot right now. Bad weather, bad weather, two really good rushing offenses, two pretty good rushing defenses. I'm going to take the under here and just hope that the weather is not better than expected because if so, and the passing games get going, who knows? Also, side note, Virginia Tech might have Hendon Hooker back. So that's a big story from Virginia Tech's side. They're saying he's full go, but does that mean he starts? Because 
Nothing I've seen out of Braxton Burmeister indicates that he should have the job over the Hendon Hooker, Joey. Well, and here's the only question that I have is that, Mike, if we go into this game in like a monsoon situation and it's a run-heavy game where the passing game is basically negated anyways, I, I, from what I've seen so far, I'm kind of tempted to just start Braxton Burmeister. I agree. I agree with that. I agree with that. Maybe mix in Quincy Patterson a little bit. It worked mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, it was by necessity because Tech literally had no one else. They had Ryan Willis and Hendon Hooker got hurt in that North Carolina game, so it was Quincy Patterson until the cows come home. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that worked out fine last year. So, I don't know. Might see a little bit of him. It's still kind of bizarre to me watching a, a four-star, like a mid-grade four-star quarterback come out of Chicago, go to Virginia Tech, and basically turn into their version of Tyrone Swoops from texas there a few years ago running the 18 wheeler package like that that's like pretty all much patterson is at this point that's pretty uh, wow that is hall of fame comparison there you go yeah all right so we're both on virginia tech uh mike's got him out right and he's pick of the week on the under in that game under 59 that's a, kind of a lot of points but uh you know we'll see bet the unders in bad weather i mean i don't i don't see why that's a, a terrible pick but who knows yeah no i, mean, I, I don't don't disagree with that yeah, Mike, 7.30 on ABC. This is hosting college game day. This is game of the week, getting the uh, Fowler and Herb Street treatment, all that. Mike, our number seven, Miami Hurricanes, a 14-point underdog going into Death Valley, taking on the number one Clemson Tigers. Total is 63. Clemson hadn't lost a conference game in about three years now, Mike. Is this where that streak ends? No, absolutely not. No? Hey. Hey, for, for reference, uh, North Carolina is ranked one spot lower than Miami. Who's looked more impressive? <laughs> well, Miami definitely I'm on is. A, I'm, I'm on a crusade here. By a mile, um, yeah. Yes, yeah, I'm on a crusade. Um, I don't think Miami should be a top-10 team either, by the way. But that's a story for a different day. I think Miami's very good. But, Joey, before we hit record, I said to you, I, I think there's a difference between saying Miami's really good and saying that Miami's elite. Miami's not going to be quote unquote back until they compete for national championships. Cam Underwood's come on this podcast. He said that a million times. He's like, they're not back until they're actually competing for championships, but they're always relevant, but they're always, they're always relevant. (laughs) Depending on who you ask, they're always relevant. Um, Clemson wins this game by three scores. And here's why the defense stops the run here. I, and they haven't been great against the run this year, but I think they find a way to bottle up Cameron Harris enough and make life difficult on De'Ara King throwing the football. And Clemson's offense is hitting on all cylinders. It's going up against a very good Miami defense, but this offense is elite. And Trevor Lawrence is on a different level right now. Travis Etienne adds a whole different element when you mix him in, obviously, in the running game. Clemson is just a much better team at this point and I think Miami can hang around for a bit but I think over the course of four quarters you're going to see the dominance of Clemson and the elite talent kind of shine through and Miami's got plenty of elite talent on their team but they don't know how to play together yet they're figuring it out they're going to be really good Miami could go through the rest of their schedule without losing another game but I think they're going to lose this game by three scores give me Mm -hmm. give me Clemson here pretty comfortably I mean, credit to Miami. Like, we, we could sit here and talk about, well, they're 3-0 and and they've beaten the hell out of everyone they played, but, well, who have they played? Well, Mike, you know what really good teams do against bad teams? They, they beat the crap out of they them. They beat the hell out of them, and, and that's yeah. what Miami has done. And so, absolute credit to them. 
I think that at least for what they've done so far and on all that, I think they do at least look the part of a top 10 team. So credit to them for that. I don't mean to take anything away, but like you're saying here, Clemson, Clemson is just a more complete team. And I mean, what's between offense and defense, UAB, Louisville, Florida state, what's the best unit that Clemson, that Miami has played against so far this year? <laughs> Louisville's offense, probably. Probably Louisville's offense, maybe UAB's defense. Seriously. Maybe. Seriously. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I can't – it's a slight – I know I'm throwing jabs at Florida State, but uh, seriously. Clemson's offense and defense will be better than any offense or defense that they've seen all year. Agree. And, and you know, the reason that Clemson plays for national championships in the last five years is because their offense and defense are better than anything else in the ACC. I agree, and it's not that Miami. It's not that Miami just gets blown out from the start. It's that they can hang around, and then just the better team shines through over four quarters. I don't think over they the just get blown minutes. out. Yeah, over the course of sixty minutes. I don't think this is the case where Clemson scores twenty eight in the first quarter, and Miami can't keep up. I don't think that's what happens. I think it's a competitive game for a while. I just Clemson's better. Yeah, and, and I, I I agree. I, I tend to agree with that. Um, the, the questions that I have in this game a little bit and, and the things that kind of make me question the prediction a little bit are I don't know how sold I am completely on Clemson in the trenches this year. It feels like this is a little bit of a rebuild. There's not quite the dominance that we've seen from them, both on the offensive line and on the defensive line. Yeah, certainly on the offensive line, for sure. Well, and that becomes a huge problem when you're playing against Miami's defensive front, which has proven itself to be all sorts of nasty. Yeah, um, very good. you got to figure out ways to block those guys and keep Trevor Lawrence protected. Now, you don't have to keep him protected for long because he knows what he's doing, he knows where he's going with the ball, and he can get it out pretty quickly, but... You know, if you can cover for two seconds, you, you've got time to get a sack if you can't protect him. So it's, you know, that's the thing that w worries me a little bit about Clemson. But the same thing with Miami. I think the thing that we can kind of see a little bit is outside of that, that front four or so for Miami's defense. I feel like the back seven in this defense is taking, I don't know, at least like a half a step down from what we've seen in the last couple of years. And yep. I think that's fair. You might have seen a little bit of that against Louisville, but I think you're going to see a good amount of it here against Clemson um, is that they can't just impose their will on teams in the way that they have been in recent years. And so it's going to be a little bit of a difference at the very least. Yep. So yeah, give me Clemson, Mike, uh, the total open or the, the spread opened at 16. It's worked its way down to 14. There's, so there's money coming in on Miami on this game. 14 is, is a decent amount of separation to get against a top 10 team. But again, I, I think there's still a, 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 a tier of difference between Miami and Clemson here. So give me Clemson to cover the 14. And honestly, Mike, you know what? Twitter haters, come at me. Come get it. This is my pick of the week, baby. Oh, man. Clemson Miami covering fans, 14. Miami fans are going to be big mad. They're going to be big mad. Um, and, and you know, from a, a betting trends perspective here, Mike, Clemson 0-3 against the spread this year. Mm -hmm. Not a great trend. So I, I'm the idiot picking them to cover for once. You know, so it'll be fine, I'm sure. You're gonna find the you're gonna find this funny. I saw a clip of Dabo uh, talking with the media. I guess he was joking around because one of the media guys in the press availability this week had a really bad Zoom connection, and he oh, was yeah. lagging real bad. So he was he sounded like oh uh, 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 it sounded like that. So Dabo just kind of responded doing the same thing, 
And uh, one of the Twitter replies was, um, Dabo really hates covering spreads. I wonder why. And there was like one of those Twitter emojis with like the kind of questioning why Dabo doesn't like covering spreads, almost like he knew, actively knew what the lines were on games, which is a conspiracy theory that you and I have had all year. So it's now matriculating across the internet, which I appreciate. It's not a conspiracy theory, Mike. It's an observation. It's an observation. Um, <laughs> Clemson Clemson wins this game by 17. That's, that's where I'm at. I think it's like yeah. two and a half, maybe three scores. I think Miami hangs in tough for a while, and I think the better team wins over the course of 60 minutes. I think so. Uh, let's go like 42-24 Clemson. Prove me wrong, Miami. Hey, look, Cam told us at the beginning of the year, hey, I think Miami wins seven games. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, Hurricanes. Let's do it. Prove me wrong. I mean, they're well on their way. You've let's, beaten UAB, Florida State, and Louisville. I, prove me wrong. Let's do a quick weather check here on this game, Mike. Because, I mean, if, if we're getting heavy rains all day in North Carolina, we're probably getting them in, in, in Clemson as well. And, yeah, right. sure enough, looking at taking on about an inch of rain throughout the day on Saturday. So another one could be a wet track. Might, you know, I don't know if you go under or you expect a, a few just random broken big plays from that, you know, interpret at will. Under, um, but yeah, give me give me Clemson to beat Miami uh, by yeah about eighteen to twenty one points. I, I yeah. like that. Thirty one, fourteen. Sure. Let's call it. That works. All right. Noon on the ACC Network, Mike. The NC State Wolfpack, a nine point underdog on the road in Charlottesville. Total is sixty and a half. Mike, are we given nine points with the Who's right now against much of anybody? Yeah, that's a fair question. I am. Interesting. Go um, on. I am. NC State, and this is a theory that I have that could very well be debunked by about 2.30 or 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. <laughs> so keep, keep that in mind. Uh, I think NC State is more of a function of Pittsburgh's lack of red zone production um, than them being just like outright better than we think. So what I'm saying is... NC State benefited from a lot of Pittsburgh mistakes last Saturday, and it paid off. I acknowledge that Devin Leary looked really good. Fully acknowledge that. Um, threw four touchdowns, was really efficient with the football, definitely the better option than Bailey Hockman. Totally with that. NC State's defense, they still gave up 29 points. It's not like this was a game where they really just held Pittsburgh down and made their lives miserable. Pittsburgh backed themselves up a ton. You know, you talk about the eight pre-snap penalties that they had in the first half alone, Joey. Like, there were some issues that Pittsburgh had over the course of that game last Saturday that were very self-inflicted. NC State's defense, I will acknowledge, played better than I expected, but I do think some of it falls ultimately on Pittsburgh as well, just not playing as well as they were capable of offensively. I think this is where we find out what NC State is. This is one of the most interesting games of the weekend, in my opinion, because I think we're going to get a lot of answers about NC State. I think we're also going to find out more about Virginia. Virginia kind of asleep at the wheel in the opener in the first quarter against Duke and then really looked impressive from there on out. I thought Virginia, like I mentioned on the on the recap pod a couple nights ago, I, I thought Virginia looked really good against Clemson and just lost to a much better team. And this is the situation here. It's a home game in Charlottesville. I think NC State's a little bit overvalued here. I do think it's a lot of points with Virginia. I fully acknowledge that. But I think Virginia is a pretty good team, 
Joey, and I think the floor has been raised under Bronco Mendenhall. I like the way that Brian Armstrong had had looked um, with his with his athleticism, ability, run, etc. I like the way Wayne Tolapapa is carrying the football right now, um, and I like Virginia's defense a lot against NC State's offense. Um, I acknowledge Devin Leary's look good, but look, I I think this is a tough ask um, for Devin Leary here in his second start. He passed the test against Pittsburgh's defense that is probably better than Virginia's. Um, but I, I think the Hoos are going to be able to get after the quarterback here. I, I like Virginia here. I think they win and they cover. I'm going to say UVA wins by 10. And as far as the over-under is concerned, Joey, let's make under an official pick here. Um, I don't think I don't think NC State scores enough and i don't think uva necessarily just lights it up on offense either against nc state's defense as bad as it is um, i just don't fully trust brand armstrong yet i like the way he's looked in the running game don't love him in the passing game yet i think that's a lot of points there's a lot of points i, I i'm gonna go i'm gonna disagree here mike i'm gonna go ahead and take nc state in the points I, I think virginia still wins the game outright but maybe by a touchdown or less um i I feel like what we have seen since Devin Leary came into NC State's game a couple of weeks ago, remind me, who was it? Virginia Tech. It was the Virginia Tech game, that's right. What we've seen from him since he came into that Virginia Tech game, like that offense has functioned differently. And you could say, well, it was garbage time, and well, it was Pittsburgh's defense on a terrible week, but like, I know what I saw him doing against Pittsburgh last week. I mean, the ball is coming out on time. He looked really good. Like, that—that that is a replicable thing that he can do against other teams. And if NC State has figured out their quarterback situation, like, that's a pretty drastic change in kind of the way that we need to look at that offense from the way that we have looked at it ever since Ryan Finley left. Um, that's a revelation for the Wolfpack offense. If they've got the quarterback in place and he looks, he looks like he knows what he's doing and he's comfortable. Um, so for that reason, I mean, these two teams, otherwise I struggle to separate a little bit, you know, from, from a yards per play margin perspective, I mean, Virginia slightly under, you know, under even um, North Carolina state about a half a yard beyond, you know, less than that. So it's, it's, it's fairly close, realizing that Virginia's played Clemson and NC State has played other teams that don't have nearly as good of offenses, you know, so there's a little bit of that. Um, weather could come into this one, but it looks like Charlottesville should be okay from a, a weather standpoint on Saturday. Um, nine points just feels like a lot. I don't want to give nine points with Virginia right now. Um, I, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen that level of consistency. I think they win the game, I don't know, by four or by seven or something like that, but um, I, I'm going to go ahead and take the points with, with North Carolina State and try to keep this thing within nine. Um, once again, I'm, I'm the guy in the class wearing the dunce hat over here, so take, your, take my picks as you will. I, I'm sure. I'm, I'm putting this caveat after like every pick I make on this podcast, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, I, I, the people I mean, got to know. <laughs> right. Uh, sure. But I think yours is probably the smarter pick. You know, I'm banking on NC State's success being short-lived, which maybe it's not with Devin Leary, a quarterback, but who's to say? This kid completed 50%, less than 50% of his passes last year, and he has been outstanding yeah. in the games we've seen him in. Coming in in relief at Virginia Tech, it wasn't garbage time, but he looked really good, and then he comes out against Pittsburgh and just absolutely lights it up. So maybe he's a different quarterback. And if so, Dave Doran's going to have some questions to answer as to why he didn't start him against Virginia Tech, but... If NC State wins like six or seven games this year and surprises everybody, 
I don't think anybody's going to be complaining too, too much. I mean, dude, I already have those questions of why didn't he start this guy against Virginia Tech? Like, that's... Right, right. That, that is a question I already have in my mind. Um, right. Yeah, I, I think it might be a little bit scarred, too, from giving 14 points with Pittsburgh last week in a proposition that is just never really a good feeling. <laughs> it's never a good feeling to give that many points with Pitt. Um, so I'm going to avoid giving too many points here with Virginia. I, I'm just going to stick with NC State, and if I'm wrong, I'm, I'm wrong. I mean, that's nothing new here. So, yeah, If you if you lose that one, I don't think you'll feel too bad about it. That's a feels like a coin flip game, as do these next couple that we have to preview. Yeah. Uh, 60 and a half. Yeah, I don't hate that to go under, but Again, from a trends perspective, Mike, a lot of overs in the ACC this year. Mm-hmm. Um, really, ever since the first week, every game went under. Since then, heavy on the overs. So be careful if you're taking unders this week. And for what it's worth, the weather looks decent in Charlottesville. It doesn't look nearly as bad as some of these games in the Carolinas. So take yeah. that into account as well. Should be okay. Yep. 7.30 on NBC, Mike. The Florida State Seminoles, a big old three-touchdown underdog going into South Bend, taking on the number five Notre Dame fighting Irish. Total is 52 points. Um, is three touchdowns enough for Florida State here? Yeah, that that's one question. Another question is why is this game in prime time? Uh, you're the Notre Dame guy. You're the NBC guy. I have no idea. Like, What, okay. what are we doing? <laughs> that's good. I'm I'm the Notre Dame guy. I can't answer that question. I uh, <laughs> here's a third question: Does Notre Dame get to 52 by themselves? Well, I mean, the way that we've seen Florida State's defense quit a couple times this year, right? Uh, that's on the table. It's on the table. I agree. Um, the only thing that gives me pause about this game, Joey, is the fact that Notre Dame hasn't played a game in three weeks. Saturday mm. will mark three weeks since their last game. Um, mm-hmm. The Wake Forest game got postponed. Then Notre Dame had their bye week this past Saturday, and now Notre Dame plays Florida State on two full weeks of rest. Um, it'll be 21 days since their last game um, coming up on Saturday. I, oh man, I mean Notre Dame's going to win this game. Wait, uh, Florida State looks like they found something on offense with Jordan Travis, but uh, defensively they're a mess. Offensively, they're still even kind of a mess. I, I don't trust. Florida State's offensive line against Notre Dame's defensive front that's been pretty good this year. Um, I think the one consistent aspect of Notre Dame's team so far has been the play of the defensive line. Um, obviously looked really good against Duke and then played really well against South Florida for what it's worth. This is a tough spot for Florida State going on the road to South Bend. Notre Dame's well-rested. Um, it's a lot of points to ask Notre Dame to cover when they haven't played a game in a while. But I just can't get the image out of my head of Florida State in the first half having Jacksonville State and Zarek Cooper go up and down the field on them. And Notre Dame's offense is just so much better than Jacksonville State's. I think Notre Dame wins and covers. This is this feels like a Notre Dame minus anything game, Joey, even with you know, 21 days between games. Um, give me the Irish. Give me the over. I think Notre Dame might get there almost by themselves. I think Notre Dame could score in the 40s. I think Florida State will get on the board a couple times. Um, I, I think this is ugly for Florida State. I think it's ugly from the start. I don't think Florida State is ever really all that competitive in this game. I don't think inserting Jordan Travis all of a sudden makes Florida State a good offense. I just have a lot of questions about that program right now, and it's hard not to 
trust Notre Dame with their running game and everything they've been doing offensively so far. So I think Notre Dame wins and covers. The Jordan Travis thing is really the only thing that gives me pause here in terms of trying to pick Notre Dame, like feel really, really good about Notre Dame giving three touchdowns is for whatever reason, at least anytime Jordan Travis has come in a game this year for Florida state, it seems like that's a little bit of a spark plug and there, that there has been more productivity from the offense with Jordan Travis at quarterback than there has been with James Blackman, Tate Rodemaker, take your pick. Um, so that's that's the only thing that gives me a little bit of pause. Now, once again, we've also seen, again, Florida State got down multiple touchdowns to Jacksonville State last week. Uh, they right. lost outright to Georgia Tech, which take that for what you will. Um, defensively, it seems like they've kind of quit a little bit. So I, I totally understand why this is a three-touchdown spread. And if you're going to give me a three-touchdown spread of Notre Dame against a team I felt like I could trust like a little bit more, like – if you told me that Notre Dame was a three touchdown favorite over Virginia, yeah, give me the, give me the who's like right. that kind of thing. But Florida State has shown us that the bottom is real low so far this year. It's yep. real low, um, and it it doesn't take them even a full game to get there. So i i can't I can't bet Florida State at this point. It's nope. It's bet against Florida State minus anything until further notice, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Florida can't State. believe we've come to this point. It's it's bizarre. The first it year is. we did this podcast was DeAndre Francois taking him to the Orange Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> how far? I mean, how like long ago, ago does that seem? That yeah, exactly. It feels like literally ages ago. It's crazy. And here they are, a three touchdown dog, and I just have no interest in taking him. Like that, that's man. This team won a national championship this decade. It was in the inaugural college football playoff against Oregon in mm-hmm. the Rose Bowl and got blown off the field, but they were there. Mm-hmm. Like, <sighs> yeah, I don't want to talk about it anymore. They're bad. I don't get it. There, there's, there are problems there that Mike Norvell did not cause that Mike Norvell is going to have to figure out if they're going to ever succeed there. Right. So I, I agree. It's a culture thing right now at Florida state. So give me the other name and give me the over. Yeah. That, that's not, that's not enough points. I don't think for, Florida State's probably going to be good for, what, 10 to 14 points at least? Yeah, and I think that's enough to get you over because yeah. I think Notre Dame can score in that 35 to 42 range, which is going to put you right around the number. I think it's close, but I think the over hits. Yeah, I agree with that. I, 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 give me the over as well as an official pick. So I think, I think that's a good good, uh, good bet there, which, again, yep. so everyone's going to bet the under recommended. Yep. Um, all right, Mike. Bait us. <laughs> Fade us absolutely. Four o'clock on the ACC network. The Pitt Panthers, a six-point favorite, on the road in Chestnut Hill, taking on the Boston College Eagles. Mike, the total is a robust forty-four points in this game. Um, how are we feeling about Pitt right now, especially given points on the road? I'm still mad at Pitt. I, I am, want to talk about. It. I am too. I am. Too. <sighs> I um. I bet actually, the under... I, I, I'm mad at the other twenty-one guys on the field for Pitt. You couldn't get one done for Kenny. Like Kenny no goes kidding. out there and plays his ass off, had a great game, and you still four hundred yards, three scores, like did all the things we've been asking him to do for a long time, and you still looked lost like the damn game. Looked like more than a game manager, Joey. He looked great. Yeah, um, I bet the first half under of twenty four last week. I bet the game under of forty six and a half. I bet on Pittsburgh to cover fourteen. I think Pittsburgh wins this game against Boston College, but the reason why I think BC covers is because 
I am so mad at Pittsburgh. That's mm-hmm. literally that's literally what it's boiled down to. Mm-hmm. And you know what, Joey? Boston College, I I am really intrigued by the Jeff Halfley Eagles at this point, right? They blow out Duke in the opener. They barely beat Texas State. They nearly they come close to forcing overtime against North Carolina. In fact, they were a two-point conversion away with a minute left. Mm-hmm. They've totally just abandoned the run. They know that they can't run the ball. So it's the Phil Jerkovic show until further notice. <laughs> um, we're just going to throw it. it it's effort. I'm going deep. Like we're just going to throw it 60 times. Um, I'm really intrigued by Boston college. Now P- Pittsburgh's defense is really good. I think they're going to make life tough on, on BC. I think Pittsburgh's offense does have an opportunity to bounce back here because Boston College's defense is not quite as good as it's been in years past. So I think Pitt's offense, this could potentially be a get-right game. I think if that's the case, this game probably goes over, and Pitt probably wins and covers. But it's hard to really put that much faith in the Panthers after what happened last Saturday against an NC State team that I'm not even sure is really all that good. Um, so I'm going to take BC to cover. I think Pittsburgh wins this game close. I think we get another you know, good Kenny Pickett outing here. But I think BC keeps up and kind of uglies it up, and forty-three and a half is not that many points. And I, I guess lean under because I think that's what it should be. But I've been wrong on all these so far this year, so I'm not going to make that an official pick. But give me BC to cover close game. Pitt wins. What do we think? Like twenty-one seventeen, something like that. Yeah, a pretty pretty low. Um, and I mean that that would be <laughs> that would be under by less than a touchdown. So. Yeah. Keep that in mind. Yeah, I think that's kind of where we're trending here, Joey. You going under as an official pick? I'm going to go under as an official pick. I think I am, um, too. I'm going to go under as an official pick, and I can't believe I'm doing that. But I mean, as many overs as we've had all year, pit, pit games have gone under two out of three times. Yeah. Boston College games have gone under three out of three times. Yeah. So I'm, I'm feeling okay about that. And Phil Jerkovic throws for over 300 yards last week, but BC only scored 22 points. It's not like they lay up the scoreboard. Bro, that was the volume shooter of the week award. Kobe. He threw for 313 yards on 56 attempts. Kobe. He completed 37 passes for 313 yards. Like, that is as just dink and dunk inefficient as it gets. That's Just go keep going back to the well, Joey. That is outstanding. Um, yeah. I'm with you. I'm going to take Boston College in the points. Um, Pitt hadn't covered a spread yet. Boston College two and one against the spread. Um, I I am at this point. I am not giving. I refuse, Mike. You hold me to this. I will not. I will not give points with Boston with with Boston with Pittsburgh until further notice. I will not do it. <laughs> and I refuse. I lost three bets on the Pitt game last weekend, so that's why I'm picking Boston College. Damn Panthers. Um, yeah, we're not giving points on the road with Pittsburgh against much of freaking anybody. So. Give me Boston College. I'm with you. I think Pitt wins this game, but it's not comfortable. Um, I, I think it's a low-scoring slog of a game. I have if if Boston College is going to sit here and chuck the ball around 50 times, good luck doing that against Pittsburgh's defense. Um, I, I tend to believe that what we saw last year, last week from their defensive front was a bit of an aberration. Yep. I think they just kind of were sleepwalking through the game. I think if they come in fired up, Phil Jerkovic going to probably get Jerkovic probably going to get sacked. Like six, seven, eight, ten times, something like that. So, I don't know. Yeah, give me Pitt. Um, I think Boston College is going to score a couple times, but I think it's an under kind of game. I think Eagles keep it close, 
And I think Pitt wins ugly because that's just what Pitt knows how to do at this point. I agree. And taking all those picks into consideration, this will naturally be a fade Mike and Joey. This is a Pittsburgh get right game. And we'll just all be wrong. Oh, I'm just waiting for this to turn into a track meet because, of course, it will. I mean, this if you had to pick one ACC game on the slate that's going to go completely contrary to everything we've picked, this is the one, right? Like, oh, yeah, the teams that have played six games and combined for five unders. Yeah, this, this one's going way <laughs> yeah, over. Yeah, this is the one that goes over by like two or three scores. Set the total in the 60s for all I care. Like, it's going exactly. over. Exactly. This is where Vegas loses their money. <laughs> or wins their money. Who knows? They're going to win their money. Yeah. Um, all right, so Boston College and the under is the play there. Uh, noon 30 on ESPN3. Last game we got here, Mike. The Duke Blue Devils, a two-and-a-half-point road favorite in the newfangled Carrier Dome, taking on the Syracuse Orange. Total is 51 and a half. Uh, Mike, are we giving points with Duke on the road right now? I guess. Are you? I guess. Give me Syracuse. Why? I, I'm just not giving points on the road with Duke. Like, Oh, I mean, it's not like a, it's not like, I mean, give me a break. It's, it's two and a half. It's not that Syracuse is, I just don't think Duke should be favored here. Like, Syracuse, give me Syracuse the home team. I mean, neither of these teams is particularly good, but I mean, Duke is half a yard per play better than Syracuse so far on the season. I mean, Duke is a solid zero and four. Like, I the thing that I, I think that the only thing from an analysis standpoint that I can come up with here is that Syracuse's defense has been effective this year, and I think one of the big reasons that they've been effective is because bringing in uh, Tony White as defensive coordinator has also involved switching to the 3-3-5 defense, which for those who are not as you know X's and O's savvy or, or aware, long and short of it is, it is, is a pretty unique, unusual system that can cause quarterbacks a lot of problems. Like if they're not used to seeing it, it can, it can cause a lot of hesitation and confusion and, and a lot of issues. And so you know, for a quarterback like Chase Bryce that has had issues throwing into coverage, he's off target. He, you know, he's throwing balls late. He's had issues doing things the way that you want him to do them. I don't feel like going up against a weird defensive system is going to make anything better from that standpoint. So, if I, if I'm looking for an edge some way somehow in this game, give me give me Syracuse for that reason. Give me the Orange on the field outright to win the game. Um, Duke zero and four. I, I think that keeps going. Sure, I don't know. <laughs> I I just I'm I'm sorry. I'm trying to find a piece of analysis on this game that makes me feel really good about one team over the other, and I really just can't because both of these teams are objectively terrible. They're both two really bad teams, and I look at Syracuse and they hung around with North Carolina in the opener, but maybe North Carolina sucks. And then Pittsburgh, yeah, I said it. And then Pittsburgh on the road, you know. God, it feels like almost a month ago now. They lose that game 21-10, and then they look really good against Georgia Tech. Awesome. Um, Duke just can't stop losing, but then just steps up and scores like a million points against the Hokies last week, scores 31, um, by far their highest total of the year so far. Duke had a good game in their opener against Notre Dame, and then lose an ugly game to BC, get off to a hot start against UVA, and they get blown out. Um, man, I don't know. Uh, 
I'll take uh, gross. I'll take Syracuse. I'm gonna take Syracuse, Joey. I'm gonna be with you on this. Convinced him. There we go. You you flip my pick. I'm gonna take <laughs> Syracuse. I I watched Chase Bryce last weekend. It's the first real full game I've watched with Chase Bryce. Saw bits and pieces of a couple of the games prior. I mean, the, the most I saw out of him was Notre Dame in the opener, admittedly, because I'm obviously a lifelong Notre Dame fan. So I saw a decent bit of him in that game, but I'm like, all right, first game in the system, et cetera. Um, he loves to miss high over the middle, and mm-hmm. that's just not a place you want to miss. It's a recipe and, for disaster. Yeah, and I, he can make all the throws, but he won't. Give me Syracuse. Syracuse by a field goal. Uh, over, under, uh, I don't know. <laughs> 51 and a half. Yeah, Pass pass yeah can i just pass on this game please don't watch this yeah this isn't gonna be pretty um i mean both of these teams relatively god awful on offense relatively god awful on defense um for what it's worth probably worth noting here and i I don't well i i do know a little bit but i don't fully know how indicative this is of anything but probably the biggest separator between these teams right now Duke's turnover margin minus seven, Syracuse plus six. Yep. Like in, and in Syracuse, for what it's worth, like that's probably the thing that's been keeping them in games to some degree. Like I would agree. I would agree. And Joey, this is what season five of this podcast. Yeah, season five. This is season five. This is one of the first games, to my recollection. I know this is an incorrect assumption, but this is one of the first games, to my recollection, where I've looked at both teams and I'm just like. Both of them suck. I don't know. This is a flip a coin game. Joey, first time this year. You want to flip a coin with Siri? You want to hit Siri? What you want to hit Siri? I pick Syracuse, but I'm willing to be persuaded <laughs> otherwise by the government. So let's do it. All right. Let's do it. Um, okay. So we're going to flip a coin with Siri. This is a, a time honored tradition around this podcast. Um, that's right. Heads, we're taking the favorite. Tails, we're taking the underdog. Is that fair? Yep. That's fair. Let's do it. All right. Flip a coin. You're not sure you understand. Siri, we have been through this time and time again. Let's try again. Flip a coin. It's heads. It's heads. You're taking the favorite. Duke Damn it. <sighs> okay, back to my original pick. We're taking the Blue Devils. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Why not? Okay. Uh, yeah, total pass. No, no thanks. Yeah. Mike, that's all I got on week five. Anything else? I feel like I'm personally harmed from this Duke Syracuse game already. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure you're excited to spend your entire afternoon watching it on ESPN three, the Jefferson Pilot special. I mean, if Virginia Tech pisses me off enough, I'll go find this game on regional television. There you go. I I doubt you will. Um, you're right. I won't. <laughs> all right, picks of the week. You have the under fifty nine points in North Carolina Virginia Tech. Yep. I have Clemson minus 14 at home against Miami. Come get me Miami Twitter. I am I am there at FTRS Joey. We'll be we'll go over that here in just a second, but uh, yeah, picks of the week. I I mean, they haven't gone great so far. I think I'm 1 and 3. I think you might be 2 and 2. Um so if you're taking anything away from this, either A, fade our picks, which is a very common takeaway right now, or B, maybe just don't bet college football this season because it's not really gotten any less weird as we've gone on. Or bet it more. Or bet it more. I mean, yeah, volume shooter, that you know, that kind of thing. Like there's award there's awards for that. It works for Phil Dracovic. Wink wink. 
All right, Mike, let's get out of here. Let's go watch these games. Um, I have to go get on a big old airplane and travel to Atlanta to go watch my team play. Um, don't worry. I will be back in time to recap these games Sunday evening. We'll see in what kind of physical condition I'm in uh, while I'm when, after I get back. But you know, Wear a mask. I, I'll wear my mask. I'm going to stay away from people. Um, you know, it'll be good. It'll be good. I'll drink beers in the stadium. That's what we're doing. I'm pretty jealous you're able to go see a college football game in the flesh Yeah, in 2020. That's pretty good. Well, it's a nice consolation prize to not being able to go see my Braves playing like like a quarter mile away from my office all afternoon this week. By the way, MLB trying to get me fired for what it's worth. Um, right. The Braves Agreed. playing four playoff games Tuesday through Friday, and every one of them starts at 1 o'clock local time. Trying yep. to get me fired, Mike. Yep. Second week in a row they're doing that, by the way. So, good stuff. Shout out MLB. Um, go Braves. Uh, yeah. No, I'm going to hopefully enjoy, you know, hopefully we'll enjoy the game. I'll definitely enjoy it either way. Um, go Jackets, go Cards, all that. But, um, yeah. No, I, I hope you get to go to a game at some point. It's That'd be that'd be cool. Um, Virginia is not doing the whole fan. Th- the state of Virginia, not yeah. just UVA. The state of Virginia is not allowing fans in the stands right now. Um Maybe that changes. Maybe it doesn't. At the very least, I'm just happy to be able to watch games on TV, Joey, truthfully. I mean, apparently the state of Florida is doing full capacity games now. So Terrible idea. Different discussion <laughs> for a different day. Terrible idea. Let's not do that. <laughs> don't Please don't do that. All right, Mike, we're going to get out of here. We're going to go watch these games, come back, recap them. In the meantime, y'all can find us on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel VT, and together we're at BC Podcast ACC. Y'all can send us an email with your questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to Man Basketball Conference Podcast at gmail.com. Held it. Thank you. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Breaker, the Overcast app, wherever fine podcasts are sold for free. And Mike, you want to tell them where they can find us on the social medias? Facebook. Facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of our podcasts there, Joey. Please rate us and review us. We've been getting more of those lately. Please keep those going. Share this podcast with your friends. Please all that do. Good stuff. Please do. Really appreciate those who have. It makes a huge difference. It really helps us in a lot of ways. So thank you yep. to those who have. Our numbers have been really good lately too. So yeah. shout out to all, shout out to all listeners. That's Seriously. Right. Yeah. Thank you guys for sharing us with your friends and everything. I mean, it's we're we're just looking to grow the family here and, and have a lot of fun. You know. So, um, you know, please refer refer us to others. Um, respond to our polls on Twitter and thank you for your honesty for doing so. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> wink wink. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, no, thank you, thank you guys. This has been a, a fun season so far, and we're looking forward to, to continuing with it. Yep. Mike, that's all I got. You want to go watch some games and come back and recap them? Yes, sir. This is a big weekend for the conference. Let's go watch all our picks burn into a disintegrated something. Well, smoke. thankfully, there's like four of these games we disagreed on, so we can't all be wrong about all of them, right? And some of us might be right about some. Maybe. Doubt it. Probably not. Not, not for me so far. Anyways... Uh, Mike, have a good weekend. Enjoy the games, and we'll talk on Sunday. Yep, safe travels, bye. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Well, until then, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you again soon. Until then, go ACC. Go ACC.